Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is James Gardner. James hosts his own podcast called Your History, Your Story. He is a historian and storyteller from northern New Jersey. James enjoys bringing people and events from history back to life through the telling of stories. A history enthusiast since his childhood, James loves encouraging people to share stories about themselves and members of their family, trees that will inspire others. Welcome, James. How are you today? I'm well, Terry. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm happy to have you today. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, why you decided to do a podcast. Sure. Well, as you said in your intro, that I love history and I love storytelling. And I think that really began when I was a kid because both my mom and dad loved history and they used to tell me stories. As a matter of fact, my dad, uh, instead of just the regular bedtime stories, he used to add stories about World War II, stories about college football players from the 30s and 40s. My mother was from England, so she used to share all kinds of stories from her childhood. So I was always hearing about those things, and I was surrounded by people, including my grandparents, who would uh, really tell different stories about when they were kids, when they were growing up. And True stories, as well as some that may have been embellished a little bit, perhaps by my grandfather. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I loved it. I just loved, loved hearing stories and I used to make stories up. Oh, yes. I used to wow. make my own stories up, but I, I really was more interested in true stories though. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I think I began to love history. And when I was about oh, like about nine years old, my dad bought me a book. It was the American Presidents from American Heritage, and it was geared more for kids. And I fell in love with it. And I just, oh my goodness, I memorized the presidents in order and facts about them. I even got a set. A neighbor gave me a set of presidential statues, little little plastic statues, and I used to line them up. And really, and yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> That's really into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and my parents used to take me to battlefields and museums. And uh, usually we would do one, one vacation down the shore in the, we call it the shore in New Jersey, down the shore in the summer. But in the spring, when we had spring break, they would bring us to different types of historical spots. And I think that just encouraged that love of, of history in me. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned, how did I get into doing the podcast? Well, right. I went to a college. I went to Moravian College in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and I majored in history. So very happy about that. I loved it. But I ended up going into a career in finance and accounting. Mm. It's a little bit different right? Uh, than that, but it was a, a good career. Went about 39 years, I got to say. So, mm. but I never stopped loving history the whole time. It was just something I always kept reading. And then about, oh my goodness, it's got to be about 20 years ago, my daughter came home from fifth grade and she said, we're going to talk about the Revolutionary War, dad. And I told the teacher, you are an expert. Well, far from an expert. 
<laughs> <laughs> but it sounded like fun. And, and she said, my teacher wants you to come in and speak to us. Wow. Uh-oh. Now at the time, I'd just gotten over the chicken pox and I had, I, even though I wasn't contagious anymore, I looked kind of like a monster. <laughs> and I got permission to go in and I went in and I was so self-conscious, but I noticed that the kids were really interested in what I was saying. And I ended up doing it for all three fifth grade classes. And I did that all for all three of my daughters. And so again, now I'm starting to, yeah, I'm starting to tell history. You right. got to stop me though. I hope I don't let me go beyond the question you asked me. No, no, I- you're that's good. Cause it's giving us the background and all this leads to how did the podcast come about? It all kind of goes in yep. together. It does. It does. And I think what happened then was my wife was working at a seniors community and they were looking for programs. So I ended up doing some programs there on history. And it began a 20-year sort of a side gig of doing these historical talks all over the place on many, many different topics, mostly American history. Mm-hmm. So by 2019, I think it was, I had at that point stopped doing them because my job had taken me a, a, on a longer commute. We stopped doing the in-person stuff and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And some friends of ours, they said, James, you know, you love telling stories and you love hearing people's stories more than anything. I want to hear people's stories. And then they said, why don't you do a podcast? What's a podcast? I mean, I know what a podcast is, but I don't know how to do a podcast. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, you know, it's like, not that we don't listen to them. There's a learning curve to get down on for a oh, long Oh, absolutely. Time. It's a learning curve, but we can do it. We can do of it. Of course we As can. we've proven, right? Yes, indeed. Now, now, do you want me to tell you how we got started with the podcast? Yeah, yeah. I'd be okay. interested to hear that. So here's this idea these friends gave us, and our kids were encouraging us as well. And we sent away for some equipment, okay? And we get this big box, and it's got a bunch of stuff in it. We ordered a microphone and a headset, roadcaster, and I think it's called Interface. All those things. We opened the box, and we might as well have been staring at the cockpit of a 747. Exactly. I, I don't even have a roadcaster. That's a little complicated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got pretty buttons on it. It's really, oh. really nice. It's got a lot of pretty, but that's all I saw is the pretty buttons and thinking we're never going to figure this thing out. <laughs> well, Kelly, my wife, Kelly was instrumental in learning it and hmm. she did some YouTubes and she read some instructions and we got a little help from my son-in-law and we looked at it and all of a sudden Kelly starts to put it together says, Hey, this, all right. It's not that bad. This isn't really that complicated. Right. But we needed some software. So we got some software and Kelly got down on the curve on that. How to edit. How do you edit a podcast? So, yeah. And she got down on the curve. My role is to do the actual interviews. And I like to ask people about their story. This is unusual for me to be the one telling my story. Right. <laughs> <Weird>. <laughs> You're on the other side of the mic right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's weird, but yeah, yeah, to ask the questions and I like to do the, I do all the research on our guests and right. Kelly does the social media to sort of get it out there. And she also comes up with a lot of ideas for guests as well. So yeah, that's how we got into it. And this was right in the middle of COVID, actually kind of towards the beginning of COVID. We, end, we ended up producing our first episode around October of 2020. So it gave us an opportunity to do something like that. And I'm retired now. I do teach as a substitute teacher at an elementary school, not every day, but I love it, but we do this podcast. So yeah, that's how we got started. That's interesting. Cause I started around October of 2022. 
<laughs> right. It was the time, right? I'm up to about, you will be number 81, episode 81. Wow. Because I've been pretty much doing every week since October 14th or something. I forget the exact date. So yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I think you're right about within a week of when we started. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I yeah. went real simple. I had my computer, my microphone and my headphones, and that was it. The roadcaster is a lot more complicated. I'll eventually get that, but not right now. I'm getting ready to move. So when I move to my new house, I'll get things set up a little differently. But for now, this is perfect. And I want baby boomers to know you don't need a lot of equipment. You can get a decent mic for like 150 bucks that plugs right into your computer. You don't need a high-end computer. You just need a computer. So you can really get started on very little. Now, I spend most of my money on editing because I don't know how to edit. And I tried to learn it. I just couldn't. So I farm that out. Someone else does that, but I do everything else myself. I do the social, I do the researching, I do the actual podcast. So I pretty much do everything except the editing. They do that. That's good. I mean, you're doing a lot. Now I'm fortunate that Kelly is, she does all the editing. She does yeah. You're very editing. fortunate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got it down pat. I mean, you know, there's a learning curve in that because you're like, well, do I do it? You don't want to over edit something. You don't want a, an right. over edited piece. You want to let people speak the way they're going to speak. But in some cases you might have a zoom issue once in a while that has to be edited out. You know, that's one of the challenges. There's a, a beauty of doing zoom is that you can talk to guests all over the place, all over the world, really. Absolutely. And I have, I've talked to people in Australia, in Thailand, in Canada, in Germany. And I think that's the four countries so far. So uh, yeah. So there's an opportunity to do that, but you're, there's also glitches in that. And we actually, we've had some amazingly clear zoom conversations with the West coast. Mm -hmm. And then we had one right across town from us. That was so bad. We had to redo it. Really? Oh, yeah. So you wow. never know, you never know, but it, for the most part, it's been tremendous. Yeah. I've had very little problems because I'm hooked in directly to our internet. So the, you know, I plug right into the wall that goes right into the internet. I'm not picking up Wi-Fi or anything. So I have a real strong signal. And I had trouble with the guy in Thailand when we went to record the first night, his internet went out, his, his electricity went out. So oh. that was it. So then we did it the next night. And because he was so far away, I had to do it at 11 o'clock at night. Oh. So I was trying to stay awake and alert to do it. And then he didn't show up the first night. I'm like, oh, no. So I did it the next night. So two nights in a row, I'm like trying to stay awake. And I'm always up at 11, but not alert enough maybe to do a podcast. So yeah, that was cool. a little challenging. But the second night, everything went through just fine. And he's all the way in Thailand. It astounds me. Australia. I talked to, I think, two people in Australia. Yeah, two. No problems. I mean, I do everything through Zoom and it's amazing how easy it is. It's wonderful. And, you know, being a baby boomer, Terry, I'm sure yep. you remember, like many of your listeners, the Jetsons. Do you remember the yes, Jetsons? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're talking to each other on the phone and they can see each other. How weird is that? How that was weird. And I used to say, I don't want to do that for the phone. And even today, like if someone tries to call me, FaceTime on my phone. I don't always want to do it, but mm. Zoom, you're prepared so you don't mind. Yeah. yeah, it's a meeting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit different. And I didn't realize the Jetsons, when they first came out, only were on for one season. Did you know that? I didn't know and that. And then they came back later in the 80s and they did more. I thought they were on way longer than that. No, they were great. 
Yeah, because I remember it so clearly. And I, I thought it was way more than one season. So that was kind of funny. I just learned that today. I'm like, wow, interesting. That's great. Yeah, definitely. I love that cartoon. It was. It seemed to be very closely tied to the Flintstones, except it was future instead of the past. Right, right. right. And the Flintstones were great too. Love the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> so today is April 14th, the anniversary of the Titanic hitting the iceberg. And I know you interviewed the great granddaughter of someone that was on the Titanic. So was that one of your favorite episodes or... Oh, my goodness. You know, Terry, there's been so many wonderful episodes. People have asked, which is your favorite? And it's hard because they're all wonderful. But the one about the Titanic, we interviewed Shelley Bender. She is the great granddaughter of a woman who, along with her 10-month-old son, survived the sinking of the Titanic. And it was a really interesting experience to have that story shared with us by Shelley. Apparently, what happened was Shelley's grandma had gotten married and they had a they had a baby and her husband had traveled over to the United States to find work because that's where they're going to resettle. Mm-hmm. So Leah is the name of Shelly's great grandma. She was going to go over on a ship er- earlier, but her parents wanted her to wait to go across on a much safer ship. Isn't that funny? A safer ship. And look what happened. Oh, oh my gosh. Unsinkable Titanic. Yep. So, yep. so Leah and her 10 month old son got on this ship. And the night that the ship sank, there had been a, a big party uh, down in the lower decks. Now they were, they were below decks. There was cheaper seats as they say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the people didn't have as much money were down below. And, and if you've ever seen the Leonardo DiCaprio Titanic version. There's a big shindig that goes on with the below decks people. And it looks like a barrel of fun. Well, that party actually took place Mm. and Shelly's great grandma was at the party and then she went to bed and then there was some disturbance. And the next thing you know, there's panic on deck. And now she was at least, I believe a cup. It's been a while since I interviewed Shelly, but it was at least a couple decks below. And there was a gate that was, it wasn't completely sealing the escape route, but it caused people to kind of be jammed up against it. And Leah and her baby were assisted by a group of men who formed a human chain Mm. that she and her baby could climb up to get up to over that gate. Yep. Right. Well, not over the gate, but actually the gate was where everybody was jammed up. It was to get to the upper decks from the outside of the ship because that's where the lifeboats were. The lifeboats were up above. And she ended up on the deck and somebody, somehow the baby had been taken out of her arms as she was climbing and she couldn't find the baby. Oh. So imagine that panic. Oh, panic. Unbelievable. I can't do justice to the story. You have to listen to the episode. They uh, should. Everyone should really listen. It's very, very interesting. I listened to it yesterday. It's really interesting, especially so many people are very interested in the Titanic. And you'll get the whole background story. It's very interesting. Oh, it is. And she gets above deck. She gets on a boat. But I mean, you'll hear it when you listen to the episode. Don't tell them the end. Let Make them go listen. listen. Don't tell them what happens. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. I'll just tell you, it's a very exciting story. So uh, it is. It, it's it one is. of our favorites. Absolutely. And there's a little surprise that Shelly is a musician and is a flute player. So you'll hear some music on the actual episode as well. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah, that was beautiful. That little thing she played, it was really beautiful. Yeah, 
Yeah, thank you. It was I, she was wonderful. She really was a wonderful guest. Yeah, yeah. It's nice when you have really interesting and and people that are really good at telling the story. And she was too. And the one thing she was talking about, she feels very close to her grandmother. Now, her I think her grandmother died when she was seven. Yeah, it was her great grandmother. A oh, great grandmother, uh, and she died old. when she was seven. You're right. She was about right. seven years old. So she did actually meet her. She was yes. Uh, she was, and she were, wasn't oh. as close to her at some point, but later on, she just became very close. She feels like her great grandmother's around her. And I have the same feeling for my grandmother because my grandmother was in World War II and she had to go through horrible things. She came over here to the United States at age 50 and had to learn a new language. She had to leave her home behind. Now, when she came over at 50, two of her daughters were already here. My mother and my other aunt were already here, but she had another daughter over in Germany that eventually came too. And she had a son that was 12 years old that died right as the war was ending. Oh. So very, very sad. So I feel close to her too, because I just feel very involved more. So now I'm one of the 11 children, but I think I feel the closest to my grandmother because I actually went over to Germany after I graduated from high school. I met a lot of the people that she talked about that she wrote a little book about it too. So I met a lot of those people and I actually wound up meeting my husband and bringing him back. So she was thrilled that I married a German guy, you know, so, <laughs> but so I do feel that connection with my grandmother that I think Shelly feels with her great grandmother. You do. Once you start looking into the story and you find out it's so interesting, you create this connection and bond that can't ever go away. Yes, yes, definitely. You look for that episode and you'll thoroughly enjoy it because Shelly is a great storyteller. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you think that through your stories that people are understanding history a little bit better? That's a good question, Terry. I think so. I think it's certainly the, the episodes will capture certain information about either a time period or an event or a person that I think is helpful because I think stories are how you, stories are the best way to tell history mm -hmm. and the best way to learn history is because when you hear a story, you remember it. If you hear just plain facts, Right. You don't. You don't. I mean, we've given talks to groups of people and I'll ask them how many people really loved history in school. And a lot of them don't raise their hand. And no. And, and I said, how many like it now? And they put their hands up and why? And they said, well, we didn't like the dry facts and dates and stuff like that. And certainly there's some wonderful history teachers out there. And I had some terrific ones, but it's when you tell history as a story that you remember. And I think a lot of our episodes are good stories. And I think people come away learning a, a bit more about history. Right. And people love stories to begin with, but you're talking to um, people that are talking about past history. So it is really interesting because then you're learning real personal things that happened during, like my grandmother was over in Germany during World War II and her two daughters were here and they used to send them when they could, they sent them care packages with like butter and coffee and clothes because they couldn't get that over there. I mean, so you get more of the feeling of what the war was like, you know, they're just food shortages constantly coffee, very hard to get butter, forget it. Eggs also very difficult. So you learn the story of real people that actually lived it. And it is much more interesting when you hear that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And personal history is so important. Oral history, as we both know, I mean, 
Yeah, there's people who have recorded history over the years, but a lot of history was really just oral history. It's, uh, you know, father telling son, mother telling daughter, grandparents telling the kids around the fireplace, passed on from generation to generation, personal history. It's those stories that I think are so important to capture because they will disappear in a couple of generations if people don't keep telling those stories. Absolutely. Like my mother had to, when she came over at age 15, my grandmother kind of shipped her over because she was getting too close to a little 15 year old German guy. And she goes, Oh, this is too dangerous. Send her over to America. So my mother came over by boat. She had to go through, Oh, Ellis Island. So, I mean, I don't know that many people that had to go through that, but she did. She went through Ellis Island. Her name is actually on Ellis Island. We could buy little bricks or something when they were redoing Ellis Island with my mother's name on it. So we did that. So but they also have lists of who came when, what ship they came on. And if you have relatives that have done that, you can actually go online and do some of that research. We kept researching and I was able to find a lot of my aunts and uncles that were here, what I was able to find out what ship they came over on when. And it was very interesting because they came over very young and I only knew them when they were much older. So you can do so much research online. So if baby boomers out there have relatives that have done some amazing things, start researching, look for it. And then maybe tell the stories to your children and grandchildren, because like you said, the stories will die unless we can keep them going. You're right. You're right on with that, Terry. As baby boomers, what is really, really important about our group is that we were exposed to people. We were most of us raised by the greatest generation, right? We had a lot of our parents, grandparents, maybe, but we were very close with people who survived World War One, World War Two, went through that experience, what the world was like. We knew people who lived through the Great Depression and what that was like. And we didn't live through that, but we were raised by people who did. And I think that's priceless. And to carry those stories forward to our children and grandchildren is very important. I think it's very important. And a lot of times the people who went through the depression didn't ever want to talk about it. So if you can get them talking, it's a wonderful thing because a lot of them don't. The soldiers that come back from war, they don't want to talk about it. It's very difficult sometimes to get them to tell you what happened. And yet if they don't tell you, you'll never know. And my father didn't talk a lot. Now, he wasn't in any big battles or anything, but he was over in Germany. He was a paratrooper. So he paratrooped into Germany. And it was the end of the war. So it wasn't, you know, that bad. But some of the ones that wound up surviving D-Day, oh, my God, what an amazing thing to talk about. But they don't want to. And I get it. It was a horrific, horrible day. But I think it's important if we can get anybody that's still living, get them talking and get them on tape. It's really important. Oh, it's very important. As a matter of fact, we have an episode that's going to be released in a few days, actually in about four days. I interviewed a man by the name of Colonel Bud Anderson. He is 100 years old. He celebrated his 100th birthday in January. He is a triple ace fighter pilot from World War II. Oh my God, that would be an amazing story to listen Uh, to. I I recorded it already with him. It was amazing, a lot of fun. And he's just such a fascinating man. And you're hearing this firsthand. Yes. His memory is way better than mine. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know what? It's so important to hear those stories because they make movies about it, but that's not anybody, you know, or that you can really relate to because they're movie stars. But when you hear someone that was the actual pilot, it's really exciting and it's good to listen to. So, yeah, we need to get more of those people's stories on tape somehow or record it. Agree. Definitely agree. Absolutely. Wow. So what else is I going to ask you? I was going to ask you something else. Now it went out of my head. Is there any other episode you want to give us a little sneak peek on? Yeah, just a couple of recent ones. One was we interviewed a lady named Carolyn Grimes, and she was the one who played little Zuzu Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. Wow. Yes. Right. A lot of boomers are probably very familiar with that. and and. Yep. Beyond everybody's kind of familiar. Well, everyone is because the boomers want to play it every Christmas. So it's on our TVs and then our children and our grandchildren are forced to watch it, but then they like it. It's a great story. It really is. Uh, It really is. And now Zuzu's the one who says at the very end, she says, every time the bell rings, right? The teacher says an angel gets its wings. Well, we interviewed her and she is an amazing lady and Mm. she'll just tell the story about what she remembered from the filming of that movie, what she remembered about Jimmy Stewart right. and then uh, kind of the, the work she's doing today. It's, she was a wonderful guest and I think people really enjoyed it. Again, it's a story you're hearing like behind the scenes things that happened back in 1946, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool great. Stuff. Cool yep. stuff. Yeah. And another one that was one of our earliest ones was somebody who, you know, it's not a Hollywood person, you know, it was not somebody people say, oh, they were famous, but it really had personal meaning to us. And it was, my wife had an uncle, Uncle Ray, and Uncle Ray died when Kelly was only 14 years old. Hmm. And Uncle Ray lived with Kelly's grandma. And when Kelly and her family would visit, Uncle Ray often wasn't there because he was out with Boy Scouts or he was doing camping or whatever. But when he was there, she just loved it because he was so kind and so nice and so much fun. And poor Uncle Ray passed away very young in his early 50s from cancer. Mm, and wow. uh, it was very devastating to Kelly and she just missed him so much. And But, you know, that's a long time ago. You know, he died back in 1977, I believe it was. Well, I wanted to know more about this man who means or meant so much to my wife. So I thought, how can we find out about him some more? So I went online. It's great to look online. And I found, right. a, <laughs> I found a newsletter for this camp that Kelly's uncle worked at and where he was a coach and mentor. And I found this gentleman and I reached out to him. It took a little detective work. I ended up going through his son. Sometimes baby boomers have to go through. Yeah, you know, we have to go through some millennials to get to the baby boomers. Yes, sometimes. we do. <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa, right? Right. And we got a hold of this gentleman and we ended up getting a hold of three guys who are, you know, baby boomers, you know, my mm-hmm. age and even a little older, who told ended up telling the story on one of our podcasts about Kelly's uncle Ray. And it was very moving because these guys we're talking about stuff that happened 50 years ago, even more. And they were part of the times they were in tears. They were moved. They were telling stories about this man and how he mentored them and taught them how to row and how to camp and how to read maps and all these things. And it was just so heartwarming for these guys and for Kelly to have this guy, this amazing man brought back to life on a podcast and 
podcast was just a vehicle to get this to happen. It was, it was one of the most memorable podcasts because it was personal right. to, to Kelly. And it, it helped me understand who this man was, who was just such an amazing guy. So that was, again, one of our favorite episodes. And that's amazing because even though he was gone, you were able to find people who knew him. So that's another route people can go. If you know someone you want to know more, but they're already passed away so that you can't get to them, then find people that knew him. And, and that's a great way. And that must have been meant a lot to Kelly to hear all those people talk about her uncle that she loved, too. Yes, it did. It meant a lot to her. It's still anytime she thinks of it, she gets moved by it. And if you look over my shoulder, my right shoulder, you'll see a, a photograph on the wall with a guy kind of going like that. And it's Kelly's uncle Ray. It's one of our, we put some of our podcasts up on the wall and that's one of them. And he was just amazing guy. So that was fun. And you were right though, about if, you know, we do have some people who the story happened to them. It was something right. that happened in their lives and they're telling their story. But we also have, as you mentioned, sometimes we don't have the original person, but we might have their child or their grandchild. Right who knew them. And then even some people who were removed several generations who didn't know them, but they know the family stories. Yes. Yeah. So those are fun too. We've had the grandson of Grover Cleveland. We've had the wow. great, great grandson of Ulysses Grant. We've had a lot of descendants. I could keep going, but it's fun because they know they've studied their ancestor. They know the family stories. And I just like to bring those out. And these are they're just very interesting people. Yeah. And you know, one of my favorite interviews, and it was almost in the beginning, it was episode number 21, and I'm now up to 80, was Bobby Rydell. I got to interview Bobby Rydell. And yeah. it was so exciting because we both grew up in Philadelphia. I grew up near Chestnut Hill at the top. He grew up in South Philly, all the way in the bottom of Philly. But we were both Philly people and we had a great episode. He actually, he had just written a book. So we talked a lot about the book and his life and you know, he had a lot of hardships as well as he just loved, loved, loved entertaining. So he talked about, you know, where he went, where he entertained. And he had to work really hard to stay in the business because they all reach a part where there's a lull and you can't get any gigs anymore. And what do you do to make money? And he had to go out of town a lot of times to away from his family so that he could make the money as a singer, because that's what he loved to do, sing and entertain. So now I have that interview that I'll always remember. And anyone else who wants to listen to him can go back and listen to that because now he's gone. He's an icon from my age and now he's gone. Yeah. I heard about that. That's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. Oh, that's going to re that really means a lot to you now. Yeah. Really and he, he was performing almost up till the end and he was scheduled to perform in Atlantic city in June. And I had a ticket for that. And of course they had to cancel it. So I was really hoping to be able to meet him in June and it's, you know, not going to happen, but he was a wonderful entertainer and he just loved his audiences. You know, he's different than a lot of entertainers because some of them don't want to be bothered with their fans, but he always, when he wrote his book, he did a book tour. He came to Doylestown where I live and man, my sisters, when I have a picture of my sisters with him because I was the one taking the picture. So, but he signed, he was there for hours signing books, just yeah. hours. He's just so personable and so nice to everybody he meets. Yeah. So it was a pleasure to do that interview. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet it really was. Yeah. So how can my audience get in touch with you and how can they find your podcast? Give us some information there. Well, I'm going to just, Kelly usually hand, my wife, Kelly always handles the social media. 
And she's like on top. She does a lot. I guess you know, if it weren't for me doing the actual interviews, I could just sort of like sidestep the whole thing and she'd do it all. <laughs> but she takes care of all. But you can find the name of our podcast is Your History, Your Story. And you can find us on most major podcast platforms, you know, on you know Spotify, Apple, Anchor. We're also on Instagram. It's YHYS Podcast. That's also our Twitter name as well. Okay. And we're on Facebook, Your History, Your Story. And we also have a YouTube channel, Your History, Your Story. So you can pretty much find us all over the place. We don't have as many episodes as you have at this point, but we are, I think we're in the 60s at this That's point. That's good. Now you're close. 60s, I think it's high yeah. 60s. I kind of haven't seen where lately, but it's in the 60s, I believe. <laughs> Good, good. Like well, you're me. right up behind me. It's not that far away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's great. And I hope my audience will go out and listen, look up your podcast, because I think baby boomers love history. And we love to hear the personal stories because it means a whole lot more. And we know people that have lived through similar things. So that makes it even more meaningful for us. So I know they're going to want to go and listen. And definitely the one about the Titanic is great. But it sounds like the one you have coming up with the general is going to be a really good one to listen to as well. Yeah, he's a retired, he's retired colonel, but a retired colonel, right? Yeah, wow. it's coming up this coming Monday. Okay. So I think it's the 18th. Yeah, I think it's the 18th. Yeah. yeah, that's when it's coming out. So yeah, this has been great. And I, I think what you do is wonderful, Terry, because, you know, there's a lot of us baby boomers out there and we have a, a wide array of technology know-how, but right. I think we've got to be able to to sort of keep up with the technology and take advantage of it. I mean, you can get, there's so much information out there with podcasts and uh, information that is valuable, not just history, but other topics, you know, and I think it's emerging. I think there's more and more podcasts coming out. There's a huge market. I think people are, more people are at home, more people are listening to podcasts, even when yes. they're multitasking or what have Yes, exactly. That's what I do when I'm yeah. doing dishes or I'm doing laundry, or I'm out doing my walk. That's when I listen to my podcast. So, and you know, the average person listens to seven different podcasts a week. So, and that number could go up, who knows? But, you know, for baby boomers, it's perfect. And then I want them to know that if there's some, if they have a passion about a certain topic, they could do a podcast too. It's not that hard. You just have to learn. I mean, it's a learning curve. We all do it. We all, you know, I kind of studied for a whole year. I, I signed up with John Lee Dumas and, you know, I learned about equipment. I learned about a lot of things. And, and then finally I said, okay, now it's time to just jump in and do it. So you, you can learn, you can try and learn all you want, but at some point you say, okay, now I'm going to start and you'll learn as you go. And there's always going to be things that happen no matter what technology is technology. You'll have these little blips, but we can do it. And there's so yeah. much knowledge out there among baby boomers. I'm sure there's a topic that no one is covering yet that someone would like to hear about. You're right. And you know, a lot of us will say like, oh, I, I really want to write a book someday. You know, yes. I yes. Talk right. about this. Or I want to talk about that. And right. I think writing book is great, but when you're writing a book, it's a big process. And sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't have the time for it. And I know I always tell Kelly, I was going to write this, but it was a book I was going to write. Well, it just wasn't coming. It wasn't happening, you know, even right. in retirement. But yet this podcast has now put us into a position where we're telling stories about really interesting people. And we're actually having the people tell the stories. I just ask the questions like you do. Have the people. Exactly. Tell the yep. I try to get out of the way. I mean, I try to interact as much as I can, but 
try to right. get out of their way. Like I don't talk nearly as much as I am right now. Yeah. Well, of course not. Yeah. And I don't talk a whole lot usually either, but I think that's the best way. I just interviewed. In fact, Monday, my episode coming out is called Fuck Aging. A 77 year old woman wrote the book, her very first book. And she, you know, she wrote the book and then she was looking for a title and, you know, her and five friends were sitting around and she just couldn't. All the other titles just seemed so namby pamby or something. She wanted something to get people's attention. And she came up with fuck aging. And I'm like, oh, my God. But it's an interesting book. And she's a very interesting woman. Very interesting woman. And I think we need to get people's attention because people aren't always paying attention to us, baby boomers. And some baby boomers feel invisible. I don't. I never did feel invisible, but some do. And some feel like, you know, other people are telling them you're too old to do this. You're too old to do that. Don't do that. You can do whatever you want to do. Don't listen to those naysayers. So she's all about, look, go out. And, in fact, she went into the Peace Corps at age 63. She spent two years in the Ukraine. And then she went on and got like a master's and a PhD and all after 60. So there's no time like the president to get start, present to get started doing what you love to do. And it's different for everyone. But the world can benefit from the knowledge of baby boomers. We have built up so much over the years and the world needs us. I think that's why I'm doing the podcast. I agree very much, Terry. And I'm inspired by a lot of our guests. I've had at least a couple of guests in their nineties and a 100 year old. Wow. And I, I really can't hold a candle next to these folks. One of the ladies, I just have to give her a shout out. Her name is Betty Ann Bruno. And she is one of the last cast members of the wizard of Oz. Right. And, yes. Oh my God. I think I saw that. Yeah, wow. she, she was one of the children who was playing a munchkin. Right. Only a, a very few left. So, you know, she was a child back in 1939, but she now does a lot of different things. But one of the things that she, do, she did was she published a book mm -hmm. recently, and she also teaches hula. Wow. So I don't want to hear <laughs> any baby boomers saying that, oh, I'm too tired. I can't do that. Or when you got people like Betty Ann as an example for us, she's a wonderful lady and tells a great story. Exactly. And that's the whole point of my podcast so that baby boomers can listen, get off the couch. And if an 80 or 90 year old can do it, you can too. If you always wanted to write a book, write your book. I've interviewed a lot of authors. So, and some of them are sharing tips and how they get started and how they kept going and who they talk to publish it. So there's so much information out there. So if that's really what you want to do, do it, but you can start a podcast too. There's over 2 million podcasts right now. Now, they're not all active anymore because, again, some people start and then they drop off, but there's still over a million active ones, I believe. Yes. And I do. I think you could probably agree with me on this, though, that podcasts are work. Yes, absolutely. You're serious about it. You want to be consistent and you want to do a good job. It does take work. And as with you, you have to spend the time and make sure it's a quality product that you're getting out there. You want to build a listening base. You want to make sure that you've got topics that are interesting and engaging. And I mean, you could do a podcast on anything, but yep. if you really want to come up with something good, you got to put the time in and make sure it's something that people are, are going to come back to and listen again with each episode. 
Right. You do need to put time in. It's like anything else. It's not easy. I love it, but I love doing the research. I love talking to people. So I like every aspect of the podcasting except the editing. And I just have someone else. I farm that out because it's just, I'm not that technical that I can do a good job. And most of my podcasts, they have to do very little editing. They'll take background noises out or if someone coughed for a long time, they can take that out. But most of mine, I don't really edit the podcast, what we're saying. It's just like background noises or things like that. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or the occasional Zoom hiccup that happens. Yeah. Yeah. We all have to contend with those, but yeah, that's good. I think it's uh, you know, I see how much work Kelly puts into it. She, she does my editing. I think I mentioned before and right. she does a great job on that. She spends a lot of time on it. Yeah. Editing is not easy. I tried doing it a couple of times and then finally my daughter was helping me with it, but she was busy. So I just got an editing company and that's my busy, biggest expense. That's expensive to do. But in addition to doing the editing, they give me a little artwork thing every week that has the episode number. It has my little kick-ass boomers logo, and it has a picture of the person that is on that week. And then I can post that on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. So that's very helpful. They do the show notes, so I don't have to do that. So they do a lot of work for me that before I was doing. So it gives me more time to research and find interesting guests. So, but the longer you do podcasting, especially with me, guests are coming to me and telling me they'd like to be on the show. So that makes it much easier. In the beginning, I was constantly looking and struggling and, but now people are coming to me. So it's much easier. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for speaking with us, James. It's been a great podcast. I think my audience is definitely going to enjoy it because baby boomers, for the most part, love history, especially especially oral history. So, and for all the real history buffs, please go to James's um, podcast and listen to it. There's so many interesting episodes. I happen to listen to the one about the Titanic, but the one coming out this Monday, I'm going to have to listen to too, because that sounds fabulous. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much for, for having me on your show. You're today. welcome. It's, it's important work that you're doing. And I, I did want to mention that some of the episodes, quite a few of the episodes also deal with some topics of concern. It's not just history, but it's maybe somebody's personal history about something they've gone through. We have discussed Alzheimer's. We've discussed alcohol addiction and some drug addiction issues. So there are some right. other things that we discussed that are, you know, equally as important. It's that person's history, but it, it talks about a, a wider issue. And right. I think it's something we're glad we're able to do that as well. That reminds me one episode that a lot of people listen to for me. And again, it was way back in the beginning is a woman who was an alcoholic up until 79 years old. She oh. finally kicked the habit. She's now in her 80s and living life to her fullest. And she's writing and doing art. And she's like, why didn't I do this earlier? This is crazy. But so it's never too late. So you haven't done it up till 79. It's never too late to get on top of it. And she kicked the addiction. And, you know, her daughter was begging her to do it when she was younger, but she didn't see the problem back then. She thought she was fine. But Mm -hmm. at least she kicked it by 79. So like I said, it's you're never too old. It's never too late. Right. You're, you're absolutely right, Terry. Yeah. So that was another great episode too. So we kind of correlate a lot. We interview similar types of people. And so, yeah, we go down along the same line. So I hope everyone will listen to you, listen to me, and we'll both build our audiences because, you know, they're interesting stories and boomers love stories. Yes, we do. And it's been a privilege to be on your show, Terry. Thank you. And I've loved having you. So thank you. Okay. We'll see you. Bye. 
We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.